All right. Uh, <clears throat> Heavenly Father, Yah, will we come humbly before you today and um, in prayer to thank you for this wonderful Sabbath that we enjoyed today. Um, it was peaceful. Also, Father, we just want to thank you for all that you provide for us and and just help us to turn our hearts back to you and and work better in your past and more towards your light. Father, just what we, we need instead of what we want and um, help us grow closer to each other. Help us get closer to people that might be in our families or friends and you know just open up these discussions about your word and help us just to you know drop seeds and 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 you do the increase thank you yeshua for for doing what you've done to set us free from bondage and um we pray all these things through your name yeshua through your son's name amen Amen. Amen. All right, I'll put this back up on the screen so we can see where we're at. Get a sheen tour portion. <clears throat> we're going to pick back up in Leviticus 19 this week. I can get the pages to cooperate. <laughs> All right. So the Lord spoke to Moses, speak to the entire Israelite community and tell them, be holy because I, Yahweh, your God, am holy. Each of you is to respect his mother and father. You are to keep my Sabbaths. I am Yahweh, your God. Do not turn to idols or make cast images of gods for yourselves. I am Yahweh your God. <clears throat> when you offer a fellowship sacrifice to the Lord, sacrifice it so that you may be accepted. It is to be eaten on the day you sacrifice it or on the next day. But what remains on the third day must be burned up. If any is eaten on the third day, third day, it is a repulsive thing and it will not be accepted. Anyone who eats it will bear his punishment. For he has profane, profane. <laughs> what is holy to the Lord. That person must be cut off from his people. When you reap the harvest of your land, you are not to reap the very edge of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. <clears throat> you must not strip your vineyard bare or gather its fallen grapes. Leave them for the poor and the foreign resident. I am Yahweh, your God. You must not steal. You must not act deceptively or lie to one another. You must not swear falsely by my name, profaning the name of your God. I am Yahweh. You must not oppress your neighbor or rob him. The wages due, a hired man must not remain with you until morning. You must not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind. For you are to fear your God. I am Yahweh. You must not act unjustly when deciding a case. Do not be partial to the poor or give preference to the rich. Judge your neighbor fairly. You must not go about spreading slander among your people. You must not jeopardize your neighbor's life. I am Yahweh. You must not harbor hatred against your brother. Rebuke your, rebuke your neighbor directly 
and you will not incur guilt because of him. Do not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the members of your community, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am Yahweh. You are to keep my statutes. You must not crossbreed two different kinds of your livestock, sow your fields with two kinds of seed, or put on a garment made of two kinds of material. If a man has sexual intercourse with a woman who is a slave designated for another man, but she has not been redeemed or given her freedom, there must be punishment. They are not to be put to death because she had not been freed. However, he must bring a ram as his restitution offering to the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. The priest will make atonement on his behalf before the Lord with the ram of the restitution offering for the sin he has committed, and he will be forgiven for sin for the sin he has committed. When you come into the land and plant any kind of tree or food, you are to consider the fruit forbidden. It will be forbidden to you for three years. It is not to be eaten. In the fourth year, all its fruit must be consecrated as a praise offering to the Lord. But in the fifth year, you may eat its fruit. In this way, its yield will increase for you. I am Yahweh your God. You are not to eat anything with blood in it. You are not to practice divination or sorcery. You are not to cut the hair. Cut off the hair at your sides, at the sides of your head, or mar the edge of your beard. You are not to make gashes on your bodies for the dead, or put tattoo marks on yourselves. I am Yahweh. Do not debase your daughter by making her a prostitute, or the land will be prostituted and filled with depravity. You must keep my Sabbaths and revere my sanctuary. I am Yahweh. Do not turn to mediums or consult spiritists or you will be defiled by them. I am Yahweh your God. You are to rise in the presence of the elderly and honor the old. Fear your God, I am Yahweh. When a foreigner lives with you in your land, you must not oppress him. You must regard the foreigner who lives with you as the native born among you. You are to love him as yourself, for you were foreigners in the land of Egypt. I am Yahweh your God. You must not be unfair in measurements of length, weight, or volume. You have... You are to have honest balances, honest weights, an honest dry measure, and an honest liquid measure. I am Yahweh your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. You must keep all my statutes and all my ordinances and do them. I am Yahweh. <clears throat> Some good ones in there. I like to point out that Leviticus nineteen eighteen, when Jesus says there's two great commandments to love God mm -hmm. with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and the second is likened unto it. It's right here in Leviticus nineteen eighteen. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Yep. So it's not like he was pulling that commandment out of thin air, you know. And I've got. I've got the uh, the TS two thousand nine memorized, so I'm reading the, uh, the the HCSB. But when I read that passage, I read it in TS two thousand nine. Like I read it the way it reads, because this says, "Do not take revenge," but I said, "Do not take vengeance against your brother." <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. And it also says in twenty two, and the priest shall make an atonement for him with the ram of the trespass offering before the Lord for his sin, which he had done and the sin, which he had done shall be forgiven him. 
So, you know, those old Testament laws and stuff, they, they had a purpose, you know, they definitely had a purpose. I would say this whole, this whole chapter, there's a lot of different things in this chapter. I want to point out one thing, uh, talks about the garment made with, um, two materials. If you go to do, what is it? Deuteronomy. Can't remember where it's at in Deuteronomy. I know it states it again in Deuteronomy, but it's not just random materials sewn together. It's linen and wool. Didn't did wasn't that the garments for the priest? Yeah. I know I know linen, but what, what did they wear that was wool? Uh I can't I know draw the, I know if we go back to uh, Exodus. Go ahead. The linen, I know they wore so they didn't sweat in the sanctuary. Yeah. Because that's going to be in the Millennial Kingdom where it says they have to put off their garments and it says they he didn't want them to sweat and then they have to put off their garments. And so I think Matthew Jansen did something on the on the, the two a Q and A on the two uh, fabrics, but I think I think you might have as well because uh, he was talking about the the seat seats and he said that he had brought up some uh, like some commentary from some rabbis that said that the that seat seats were made with linen and wool and that was the only exception. I'm not sure that I agree with that. <laughs> I would have to do my own studies, but he had said something about that. I thought right. that was interesting because if, you know, we're all supposed to be called a nation of priests. I thought that was pretty cool. Also, um, in Acts 15, where it talks about, you know, but we write unto them that they abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood. And then right there in... 26 it says you should not eat anything with the blood neither shall you use enchantment nor observe times or you know but that's where james was pulling that from of giving the gentiles one of the four things to get them to stop doing these things and yep. he got the, got there right there from leviticus uh 1926 yep. also <laughs> go ahead i was gonna say that there's a lot of different things in this passage. Like you have the equal weights and measures. You, yep. know, you are not to have un unfair uh, measurements, which that can be, they can even be applied to today's world in, in the way that we deal with people naturally. Like a lot of people don't realize that these things that you're, you know, naturally doing are a part of God's law. Like if somebody, you know, if you go to the store and you get change back, that's an equal um, that's an equal measurement. You know, you, you spent a dollar 50 and you handed somebody $2, they give you 50 cents back. You know? Right. Um, another thing is down there in 33, it says, and if a stranger sojourn, sojourn the, in your land, you shall not vex him. But the stranger that dwells with you shall be unto you as one born among you. And yeah. thou shalt love him as thyself. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So 
remember when Joseph was in Egypt and he wouldn't eat with his brothers first, you know, because that was a custom of the nations. And it's the same thing with the Pharisees. They, you know, the whole dichotomy of, of you know, Peter not eating with the Gentiles when, when the, when the circumcised uh, party come, the circumcision party came around, yeah. you know, because that's what they adopted through these other nations is, you know, not, not eating with those people. And even when he goes to Cornelius, when Peter goes to Cornelius, he's like, Hey, you know how unlawful it is. Well, that's not in God's law because this right here, this right here just proves wrong. You know, I hadn't thought a, of that being an adaptation. That's that's interesting. Well, that that was mostly um, that was a lot of nations that took on that that, that they took that on. You know, they oh, we're not eating with them. They're being they're beneath us. We're not yeah. going to do that. The Greeks were the same way. Yeah, kind of happened in the day a little bit too. Huh? It kind of happened in the day too. How's that? Well, when you got like um, different parts of, you know, I would say different sects of religion, I would say like as far as um, people don't want to break bread with other people no more. Because they're like, well, they follow this or they follow that. want to go and sit with their table, you know, and it, it's starting to happen a little bit. Um, there's some groups in the Torah observant body that are like that, saying you shouldn't sit, you know, with certain individuals because they don't do exactly what you do. If you've told them a couple times and they don't hear it, you shouldn't sit with them no more. Right. Um, Rosa Parks proved them all wrong, didn't she? Yeah. So, like, it's like the same thing. Like, you know, you, you can still go sit with these people, but um, it doesn't mean you partake in – if you see something on the table that you shouldn't be eating, it doesn't mean you partake in that, you know? Right. <clears throat> Hi, this is Mary. Um I find it interesting, too, because once again, without saying where it came from, the government has a department of weights and measures. And that is to like um, in retail, for example, they can come in and they can make sure that um, things are being sold, you know, at fair market value and they're not being price gouged and stuff. But, you know, just like the. um life expectancy is on an insurance policy is um, 120 years. That also was laid out by the Bible. So they do these things. They know God is there and that he's the authority, but yet they don't give him the honor. Yep. They act like they came up with that. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, also, you need a beard if you're a man. Some people can't. <laughs> okay. What do they do then? Oh, you're out. No. <laughs> no. Some people don't grow beards. It's like Matthew Jansen said. Do what? Bathroom, in public bathrooms, it should be one person there with a beard and another person doesn't have a beard. How you can tell the difference between man and woman. Yep. I agree to that. Oh, it's fun. Uh, go through some basic stuff in here as well. Don't oppress your neighbor. Don't rob him. I mean, 
like going back to just the general applicability of, of these things like this is stuff that people are naturally doing and this is god's law this is his holy perfect torah this is his instructions for your way of life and naturally you know there are atheists that are doing these things and 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 not to say that i i often anymore hear people say you know anything negative so to speak about the law when people do say these things you're talking about just common sense aspects that apparently needed to be stated but we have over time which i think romans one kind of explains it uh we have over time understood that this is how things should be naturally just a natural individual somebody that does, has never read the law doesn't know who god is they understand that this is a right and wrong thing. And I think it's because we are all image bearers of the most high. We are created in his image and we are inherently or inherently created with these ideas that are from him because we are created in his image. So naturally when you, you know, presented the opportunity to rob somebody, you have a guilty conscience because of it, because you know that it's wrong. And he says, do not oppress your neighbor and do not rob him. These are just common sense laws that, you know, I think everybody can agree with. Well, it says at the beginning, you shall be holy for I, the Lord God, Lord, your God am holy. Yeah. And then, it, then you get down here into 29 says, do not prostitute thy daughter. Well, that's not yeah. in that's, <laughs> that's, that's a yes. If you're going to tell me that you. If you're going to tell me that the laws done away with, and yeah, let's let's go back down to through some of these laws. I guess it's okay to rob somebody. It's okay to prostitute your daughter. Right. You know, like some so, some of these other basic things as well. Like when you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap the very edge of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Why? It's for the poor. That's what that's what <laughs> Yeshua and his disciples were doing in Mark seven. That's what they, they, I think they were eating the cleanings, yeah. I think they are eating the cleanings because they wouldn't have been stealing somebody's crop. Right. You know, because that would, that would be against the law, stealing from your neighbor's crop that's in there. So they were just gleaning from the corners that the, the person that was the farmer, he was obeying and, and doing what he was So... Says also, you shall keep my Sabbath, Sabbath, and reverence my sanctuary. That's what I'm saying, man. There's there's a lot of stuff in there, and then at the very end of it, he said, "You must keep my statutes and ordinances." Yeah, like we talked about, just a lot of people are just kind of confused on the whole situation. They don't understand exactly what's in the law. So the main part, I think, is just getting people to take the steps of getting excited about reading the Old Testament so that they can understand it for themselves. I mean, even even James was getting the Gentiles to stop doing four things at first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because, I mean, he was, what would it, what did it say here? Hold on a second. You know that, and you know what most people will say, that the kingdom was about, not about food, what you eat. 
Well, clearly in Acts 15, they made a clear indication that it's about what you eat, too. Because they're like, don't eat anything strangled or blood. Yeah. yeah, that was. That's true. But it says the very next verse, it says, For Moses of old time hath in every city them that preach him. So they're repeating what Moses, they're repeating the commandments. They're like they're repeating Leviticus nineteen eighteen, and you know the chapter nineteen. They're they're going through that. You know, it says being read in the synagogues every Sabbath day. Every Sabbath. Every Sabbath. And I hear Moses. Yeah. So Moses is doing it, but James and them are just trying to get the Gentiles just like, please just get them to stop doing these four things first. He's like, please, for the love of everything. Please, for the love of everything, just get him to stop doing these four things. <laughs> please. That's like Paul, when Paul was running out there, and they were about to um, sacrifice the Zeus. He's like, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? He has to like run across the crowd, like, stop it. Stop yeah. being dumb. <laughs> no. Just like when Moses was up on the hill, he's like, and, and Yahweh's like, I'm going to destroy all of them. He's like, no, I can't. They're like coming out the street, bringing their sacrifice. They're ready to go. He's like, "Stop it!" It's like, "No, but this is from God, not from me." <laughs> oh, that was funny. Paul had a rough time, man. He had to deal with a lot of people. Yeah, it's probably why but... he was all the time. I was telling Bird uh, the other day. That um, every I think it's every seventh letter spells Torah and Genesis and in Exodus forward it spells it the right way, and then numbers and Deuteronomy every seventh letter in Hebrew spells Torah backwards, all pointing to Leviticus. You said it's pointing to Leviticus. Yeah. Well, and I think it's and it's interesting too because the um was I think the in Judaism I think that's the first book they have you read is Leviticus, um and the first book they have you read in um Christianity is John, which I'm not opposed to reading both of them at the same time for the first two books you read, um I think Leviticus and Deuteronomy, and the Book of John and Matthew would be two great books to start off with, I mean four great books for anybody. I think you should read Hebrews after you read Leviticus. Hebrews is a tough one. I would not take anyone to Hebrews right off the bat. That's that. Well, Paul, if you if, if you understand Leviticus, because it's about the priesthood and what I a agree. priest, you know, then it help you understand, you know, Hebrews a little bit better. I would say maybe the first read the first five. And read the Gospels, like the, the four accounts, and also, you know, read um, Acts, and then maybe go to Hebrews. Because then you have a foundation to get into Paul's letters, so you're not confused. True. Well, let's keep going. Can you really talk about chapter 20. <laughs> <clears throat> so the Lord spoke to Moses. <clears throat> Say to the Israelites, any Israelite or foreigner living in Israel who gives any of his children to Molech must be put to death. The people of the country are to stone him. I will turn against that man and cut him off from his people because he gave his offspring 
to Molech, defiling my sanctuary and profaning my holy name. But if the people of the country look the other way when that man gives any of his children to Molech and do not put him to death, then I will turn against that man and his family and cut off them from their from their people, both him and all who follow him in prostituting themselves with Molech. Whoever turns to mediums or spiritists and prostitutes themselves himself with them, I will turn against that person and cut him off from his people. Consecrate yourselves and be holy, for I am Yahweh your God. Keep my statutes and do them. I am Yahweh who sets you apart. If anyone curses his father or mother, he must be put to death. He has cursed his father or mother. His blood is on his own hands. If a man commits adultery with a married woman, if he commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, both the, the adulterer and the adulteress must be put to death. If a man sleeps with his father's wife, he has shamed his father. Both of them must be put to death. Their blood is on their own hands. If a man sleeps with his daughter-in-law, both of them must be put to death. They have acted perversely. Their blood is on their own hands. If a man sleeps with a man as with a woman, they have both committed a detestable thing. They must be put to death. Their blood is on their own hands. If a man marries a woman and her mother, it is depraved. Both he and they must be burned with fire, so that there will be no depravity among you. If a man has sexual intercourse with an animal, he must be put to death. You are also to kill the animal. If a woman comes near any animal and mates with it, you are to kill the woman and the animal. They must be put to death. Their own blood is on them. If a man marries his sister, whether his father's daughter or his mother's daughter, and they have sexual relations, it is a disgrace. They must be put or cut off publicly from their people. He has had sexual intercourse with his sister. He will bear his punishment. If a man sleeps with a menstruating woman and has sexual intercourse with her, he has exposed the source of her flow, and she has uncovered the source of her blood. Both of them must be cut off from their people. You must not have sexual intercourse with your mother's sister or your father's sister, for it is exposing the one exposing one's own blood relative both people will bear their punishment if a man sleeps with his aunt he has shamed his uncle they will bear their guilt and die childless if a man marries his brother's wife it is impurity he has shamed his brother they will be childless you are to keep all my statutes and all my ordinances and do them so that the land where i am bringing you to live will not vomit you out You must not follow the statutes of the nations I am driving out before you, for they did all these things, and I abhorred them, and I promised you, you will inherit their land, since I will give it to you to possess a land flowing with milk and honey. I am Yahweh your God, who sets you apart from the peoples. Therefore you must distinguish the clean animal from the unclean one, and the unclean bird from the clean one. Do not be contaminated or become contaminated by any land animal, bird, or whatever crawls on the ground. I have set apart these things as unclean for you. You are to be holy to me because I, Yahweh, am holy, and I have set you apart from the nations to be mine. A man or a woman who is a medium or a spiritist must be put to death. They are to be stoned. Their blood is on their own hands. I will start from the very beginning here and say... I don't know how anybody reads this passage right here, which I guess they probably don't um, from 
Leviticus 20, verse 1 to verse 8. I don't know how anybody reads that and thinks that it's okay to kill an unborn child. And how they they have the audacity to say, which which again says right here, you know, you're you're profaning his holy name. Um how you have the audacity to say that you are a Christian or you are acting within the laws of God when you do these things. There's no difference in and you know, quote unquote sacrificing a child to Molech and just throwing it in a dumpster out out back of a building. They're still doing that. It's called Planned Parenthood. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they have a that um they have a altar in the United Nations building with an abstract picture of Moloch the owl, and a alt. Yeah, there's an altar in the rooms like thirty three by eighteen. Yeah. And the thing thing right there too, though, that is interesting, but it it. It kind of makes it our matter, you know, because when he says, if you turn the other way, when that man gives off his children to Molech and do not put him to death, then I will turn against that man, the one who turns away and his family. I ain't saying that necessarily we should go be stoning people to death, but you should definitely be out there on the forefronts like we see. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Apologia Studios this past week, I'll be honest. And they do some good stuff in regards to fighting, you know, abortion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeff, Jeff Durbin does a real good job, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's oh. he's on point as far as fighting against people who want to kill babies. He's right on top of that. Yeah. Yep. I think it's pretty um, nine, like, so it talks about putting your child to death that's talking about, you know, cursing their parents. I think it's, yeah. um, you think about the authority. So you reject God's authority ultimately. So if you reject Christ, you're rejecting God's authority. And that ultimately you're rejecting his prophet. You're rejecting also the parents, the ones that train up the child. So I could see why they would be cursed. Just no different that um, what Jesus says, if you don't believe I'm he, you die in your sin. And then you have, if you deny your parents, you go against your parents, you're cursed because you're now rejecting the authority that's been given to them from God. So yeah. if you're willing to reject your parents, you must definitely be willing to reject God. Also, uh, in Leviticus, Leviticus 2010, um, in John 8, 1, where it says, And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, they said unto her, Master, this woman was uh, taken in adultery in the very act. Basically, she was caught in the act. Now Moses now Moses in the law commands us that should that such should be stoned. But what, what sayest thou? And they are trying to trick him because we just read what it says you're supposed to do. You're supposed to bring the adulteress. You're supposed to bring both of them. And that's why he said, he without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. They already broke the law. They didn't bring the, the man. If they caught two people, why didn't they bring them both? Because it says right there in, uh, um, hold on a second, verse 10, 
It says, and the man that committeth adultery with another man's wife, even he that committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. Yeah. Well, the Pharisees weren't doing, you know, they're 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 and not doing they're doing just weights and measures, and, you know, not judging with righteousness. They're only bringing half the people to the to the court that were <laughs> responsible. I like when you robot because when it catches oh. up, you speak so fast. <laughs> <laughs> but but they're still doing that today they're still putting innocent people in jail you know so something else to think about when it talks about making the difference between the clean beast and the unclean yeah why does that got to be reiterated And it says, yeah, you were to be set apart from the peoples. Therefore, you must distinguish the clean animal from the unclean one. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, the way that he tied that together. And and tying the, um, you know, not eating unclean animals to being set apart or holy as he is holy. Yes. So you have, you know, which is funny because you, you speak to most individuals that aren't like really learned in the law you say that you know you're supposed to be holy and they say nobody can be holy <laughs> once you keep on eating pig you ain't gonna be holy <laughs> righteousness just tied that all into you know set apart you're gonna be distinguished from the nations and you're gonna be holy like he is holy all just from the the food there. <laughs> and this is the second time within 10 chapters that he made this proclamation again. Yeah. So must be important. You know, if he didn't care what we ate, he, he sure cared that he told Eve not to eat off the tree. Yeah. So that is true. She didn't listen to that and look where we are now. <laughs> Adam, oh, why did you do that? <laughs> Thanks a lot, Eve, because now I struggle every day to every other day with being in pain from a child inside of me. I appreciate you and all that you did. My brow <laughs> was sweating last week. <laughs> Blame Adam for it, technically, because... Yeah, I was gonna say Adam was the blame. <laughs> they both to blame at this point. One didn't listen to the other. One did they all both? I mean, it's they both did wrong. <laughs> then Adam tried to blame it all. Wait, that woman you gave me, she hit it. <laughs> Dude, come on, man. <laughs> You're gonna ride under the bus. If I ain't taking blame for that, bus. just like <laughs> just like Aaron threw the children of Israel. Real bar in the bus, like I don't know, man. Gave me some gold and out, out of the fire, jumped a golden calf. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I didn't do that, it just came out like that. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, what else you got there, fella? 
We'll jump down to Joshua since it's in line. Um, I want to bring up one more thing. When it says, it says, and you shall not walk in the manners of the nation, which I cast out before you, for they committed all these things. Therefore, I afford them. Yeah. So, you know, we are supposed to be a set apart people. Not that nation of Israel over there, because they're definitely setting themselves apart with the rest of the world. But, you know, I think it's in Deuteronomy 4 where it talks about what great nation has such uh, laws. And um, oh, let me find it real quick. It says, uh, uh, it says, keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations, which shall hear all these statutes and say, surely this, this great nation is wise and understanding people. For what nation is there so great who hath God so nigh unto them as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for? And what nation is there so great that has statutes, judgments so righteous as all this law, which I set before you this day? Mm-hmm. So we are supposed to be, you know, different. set apart, different people. You know, mm-hmm. we had they they threw a Christmas party at work and they ordered some barbecue and I didn't eat, but you know I didn't have to get into conversation with it. But sometimes those things come up and you just say, "Hey, man, I, I do the dietary laws." Yeah, Bible. You're an example. Yeah. And then give them a testimony. Mm-hmm. How it's it's helped my health. And I could make that person. They might not say anything right then and there. They might go home and research the crap out of it when they get home. Like, huh, why is that? Yeah. And then they might, they might get pick their curiosity. Yeah, I just a, tell them I don't need abominations. You're playing the seat. I I really have a testimony. I had the gout. I had high blood pressure and high cholesterol, and it went away when I stopped eating shrimp and crab legs and pork and, you know. I usually just tell them, um, someone asks me, like, to eat pork. I'm like, no. They're like, why? I'm like, because the Bible says not to eat it. And I'll just leave it with that. Then you start throwing down hard facts. Be like, you know the animal doesn't sweat, right? Like a dog. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I do that. if they want to continue the conversation, I'm like, yeah. I mean, I think it makes sense, though, pigs. I mean, they don't sweat. All the toxins stay in their body. And, like, there's bottom feeders like catfish and whatnot. And shrimp, these things are filters for the oceans. And you got all these different animals out here that clean. You got dogs that clean. I was like, you know, we don't eat dogs. It's the same thing as a pig. They basically the same thing. And I just go kind of through it, explain it to them, and then just leave it at that. Most most people wouldn't eat a turkey vote. That is a nasty bird. Or blowfish. Not a blowfish. We already talked about that. First person ever ate a blowfish, he he died. (laughs) God. Seriously. He died because he probably didn't know. There was a... (laughs) You go watch the next video. I was talking about the guy that ate a puffer fish not too long ago. Anyways. (laughs) That's a whole other story. <clears throat> but yeah, notice that the the people were cast out, or or the Hebrew word is shalach, which means to send away or drive out, cast away, 
cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, for what? For these practices. For these things. Yep. So, I'm going to read Joshua 23 now. Is it Joshua 23? Yeah. Joshua. Oh, that's Jonah. Never mind. I said Joshua 23 down there. Okay. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Sorry. I misread. I'm going to read, the. I guess, the whole thing because it's only 16 verses. It's a long time after the Lord had given Israel rest from all the enemies around them. Joshua was old, getting on in years. So Joshua summoned all Israel, including its elders, leaders, judges, and officers, and said to them, I am old, getting on in in years, (laughs) and you have seen for yourselves everything the Lord your God did to all these nations on your account, because it was the Lord your God who was fighting for you. See, I have allowed these remaining nations to you as an inheritance for your tribes, including all the nations I have destroyed from the Jordan westward to the Mediterranean Sea. The Lord your God will force them back on your account and drive them out before you so that you can take possession of their land, as the Lord your God promised you. Be very strong and continue obeying all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, so that you do not turn from it to the right or to the left, and so you do not associate with these nations remaining among you. Do not call on the names of their gods or make an oath to them. Do not worship them or bow down to them. Instead, remain faithful to the Lord your God, as you have done to this day. The Lord has driven out great and powerful nations before you, and no one is able to stand against you to this day. One of you routed a thousand because the Lord your God was fighting for you, as he promised. So be very diligent to love the Lord your God for your own well-being. For if you turn away and cling to the rest of these nations remaining among you, and if you intermarry or associate with them and they with you, know for certain that the Lord your God will not continue to drive these nations out before you. They will become a snare and a trap for you, a a scourge for your sides and thorns in your eyes until you disappear from this good land the Lord your God has given you. I am now going the way of all the earth, and you know with all your heart and all your soul that none of the good promises the Lord your God made to you has failed. Everything was fulfilled for you. Not one promise has failed. Since every good thing the Lord your God promised you has come about, so he will take or bring on you every bad thing until he has annihilated you from this good land the Lord your God has given you. If you break the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and go and worship other gods and bow down to them, the Lord's anger will burn against you, and you will quickly disappear from this good land he has given you. That's what happened. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> one, James 1.1, one, one. greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what happened. Somebody should have, you know, along the line, been like, hey, what, what was that thing that Joshua was saying back there? I, I don't well, <laughs> Some Some other law of Moses. I, I don't want to go read all that law of Moses. We'll just do the best we can. 
don't know about the land and kicking us out and perishing. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. You know, the funny thing is, and he knew that they're going to fail, right, on things because he set up a helmet system. They must have been messing up pretty darn bad. Yeah. He kicked out because, you know, he, you know, father had grace. So you know that they were messing up pretty terribly to get kicked out of the land. Well, they didn't get kicked out until King Solomon. Yeah, King Solomon, bro. Went through Solomon. the judge. They went through the kings. But it took all the way to that point before they were exiled. The funny thing is the whole time they realized, they just realized they had a king all all along. A king yep. out of the world. You know, the guy was like, I just want y'all to, the whole thing was he wanted to just trust him. They're like, we need a king like everyone else. We want to be like these other nations. He's like, stop trying to be like them. He's like, bro, I am your king. What are you talking about? <laughs> I Follow me, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And Solomon, boy, did he mess up. Good gracious. Yeah. Solomon was doing all the bad stuff. Did he repent at the end? He had to, right? I hope so. I hope so, man. My goodness. That just shows you you can be the wisest man in the world, but still be dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes being wise is, you know, it almost kind of shows you that being super wise like that can be destructive, too, when you get too wise. Well, King Solomon didn't, I mean... He was wise, but then he did things like we just read. He he married women from other nations. Yeah, and yeah. sacrificed their gods on their high right. place, built places so, for them. Because the the definition of wisdom in the Bible is you know the Torah. Mm-hmm. But he, he wasn't following it. He wasn't. It wasn't. He wasn't keeping himself in check. Didn't he build some high places for them? Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, I'm pretty sure he yeah. did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boy, was he was sacrificing to every type of god? Pretty much. Where did bird go? It's pretty interesting. Uh, the whole Masons, I think that's where the Masons base their, um, like their setup off of is off of Solomon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the Queen of Heaven. And the Queen of Heaven. I know that. I think it was after the, uh, he went bad is what they base it off of. I knew you were going to come in. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All I had to say with the Masons and Mom's like, I'm here. What's up? So, go grab a hole? <laughs> King, King Solomon, uh, Rehoboam got two tribes and then Jeroboam got ten tribes. And remember, Jeroboam... Yeah. Um, didn't want anybody going down to Jerusalem. He made two golden calves. And set up a, a completely different feast day so that yeah, they didn't go down to Jerusalem to, to celebrate the feast days. Mm. That's Yeah, that sounds familiar. Um, <laughs> definitely sounds familiar. Yeah. Which I'm saying, um, yeah. The 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 one thing that you know, and ladies can get mad at this, 
but that's coming from Solomon's uh, perspective or whatever. That's what happens when you, you know, put the the woman above God. And I was like, I well, think, you know, I don't think any woman should ever get mad. The main thing she should want her man to put God in front of her. Yeah, the way she can be respectfully. I agree, but like. Th- like his whole perspective was, well, you know, she serves this other guy, and I don't, I really don't want to make her mad, so I'll just, I'll go build this altar for, you know, it'll, it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Three thousand times, <laughs> it's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if like ten of them used one, or like how many different gods there were that they were serving. Or if it was all the same one, just called a different name because they might have done stuff a little bit differently. <laughs> and that's also why we, as husbands, we should always be picking the right woman too because wives are supposed to be counsel for us, right? They're supposed to help us in making wise decisions also. And so if you're choosing a wife, you know, that's a heathen, we'll say. I mean, I'm not saying that someone can't be transformed, but I'm just saying if you're choosing someone that's of a heathen or something like that, then most likely they can be a stumbling block for you, you know? Because um, a lot of these men, they're stumbling block like David. He, His downfall was women. Um, Solomon, I mean, Adam, he, you know, was not protecting his wife properly. The wife went over here and did something and said, here, eat this. He should have been like, no, woman, we're not going to eat that. <laughs> we're not gonna eat that <laughs> yeah no i'm not gonna eat it you know but our you know our wives our wives are supposed to be also wise counsel for us that we can go to um when we're trying to figure things out too because we go see god and we also go talk about it with our wives yep they're your helper yeah they are your helper so a lot of times and that's why that phrase comes uh behind every strong man is a uh strong woman or a great woman or something. I don't know how it goes, right? But behind every great man, there's a strong woman. Something like that. It was some sticker that I seen on a vehicle one time. Mm, yeah. But no, <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, that's, I mean, that's how, you know, just how it is, you know. You have a good woman behind you. Most time, like my wife, I, I give her a lot of credit too because she, if I didn't have her, I wouldn't be able to do half the things I do. I wouldn't be able to function as well as I do on a lot of things because she does help take care of a lot of things. She also helps me make decisions in life. Um, and she's there to help me when I need to be healed. She's helped me with natural healing. You know, the father ultimately heals us, but she was there to help me and give me some wise counsel on things and help me make decisions. And she's there to help me every day, you know, as far as she makes our meals and she takes care of us, you know, making sure we have what we need. And she's there to help make decisions. So having a good wife behind me has helped me be a better man. Yep. And this has been a tour portion on having a good wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. You gotta have a good wife behind you, man. I think there's actually. Um, a scripture talks about a woman can either build her home up or she can break it down because it starts mm-hmm. with that woman. 
So don't play around. <laughs> What's next? We're gonna go to Amos. Oh, are you talking about Amos or uh, the, the, the one? Okay, Jedediah, get your brother Amos who's going to the barn raising. Oh my God, Rebecca. Rebecca's going to cook some of that good bread. <laughs> You're awful. <laughs> good Lord. Anyways, <laughs> Amos 9, 30 verse 7, uh, yeah, 7, it says, Israelites, are you not like the Cushites to me? This is the Lord's declaration. Then I bring Israel from the land of Egypt and the Philistines from Kaftor and the Aramaeans from Kerr. Look, the eyes of the Lord God are on the sinful uh, kingdom, and I will destroy it from the face of the earth. However, I will not totally destroy the house of Jacob. This is the Lord's declaration. For I am about to give the command, and I will shake the house of Israel among all the nations, as one shakes a sieve, but not a pebble will fall to the ground. All the sinners among my people who say, Disaster will never overtake or confront us, will die by the sword. In that day, I will restore the fallen booth of David. I will repair its gaps, restore its ruins, and rebuild it as in the days of old, so that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the nations that are called by my name. This is the Lord's declaration. He will do this. Hear this. The days are coming. This is the Lord's declaration. When the plowman will overtake the reaper, the one who treads grapes, the sower of seed, the mountains will drip with sweet wine, and all the hills will flow with it. I will restore the fortunes of my people Israel. They will rebuild and occupy ruined cities, plant vineyards and drink their wine, make gardens and eat their produce. I will plant them on their land, and they will never again be uprooted from the land I have given them. Yahweh, your God, has spoken. Uh -uh. That they may possess the remnant of Edom and all of the heathen which are called by my name. Um, yes. I think the LXX says mankind that they may possess the remnant of mankind and all of the heathen uh, and all the Gentiles or the heathen which are called by my name and modern day I guess my, and see that goes back to what we were talking about earlier you know you have to convert to Judaism and still, I guess the Gentiles are not supposed to do the Torah, right? Um, I don't know about all that, but 
come well, the, go, the, the mountain of the Lord. Sick. Yeah. Don't the Noahide laws don't want people doing the Torah? Um, yeah, so the uh, Burton Septuagint says, <clears throat> In that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David that has fallen and re will rebuild the ruins of it and will set up the parts thereof that have been broken down and will build it up as in the ancient days, that the remnant of men and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called may earnestly seek me, saith the Lord who does all these things. Uh -huh. That's a difference. The wild olive tree that gets grafted in, as Paul talks about. So I'm making a note of this. Anybody got anything else to say? Uh, We're going to go to Jonah chapter 3 now. <laughs> Jonah chapter 3. One of these days I'll have it memorized where it's at in this one. There it is. <clears throat> Verses one through ten. The whole thing. <laughs> it says then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Get up, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach the message that I tell you. So Jonah got up and went to Nineveh according to the Lord's command. Now Nineveh was an extremely large city, a three-day walk. And Jonah set out on the first day of his walk in the city and proclaimed, In forty days Nineveh will be demolished. The men of Nineveh believed in God. They proclaimed a fast and dressed in sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least. When word reached the king of Nineveh, he got up from his throne, took off his royal robe, put on sackcloth, and sat in ashes. Then he issued a decree in Nineveh. By order of the king and his nobles, no man or beast, herd or flock, is to taste anything at all. They must not eat or drink water. Furthermore, both man and beast must be covered with sackcloth, and everyone must call out earnestly to God, to Yahuwah. Each must turn from his evil ways and from the violence he is doing. 
Who knows? God may turn and relent. He may turn and from his burning anger so that he will not so that we will not perish. Then God saw their actions that they had turned from their evil ways. So God relented from this disaster he had threatened to do to them, and he did not do it. So you got a Gentile nation repenting from their wicked ways. That is correct. With the Lord. So you're saying that the Father said... Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. No, I'm, I'm saying that here you have a Gentile heathen nation that repented of their wicked deeds. Well, how were they repenting? What were they doing? They, they're following the law. And they're a Gentile nation. No different than Cornelius. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. I said it was no no different than Cornelius. Yeah. Or Job. Or Job. Yeah. Well see, that's where you got the 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 prejudice of Judaism, rabbinical Judaism. They don't want the Gentile to be doing these things. Some of them. You know what I'm saying? Oh, some of them, yeah. Huh? Yeah. Some of them don't, yeah. Yeah. I do know I do know uh, some Jewish individuals that make the argument that if you're keeping Torah, you know, you're making the world a better place. And I agree with that. I wholeheartedly Absolutely. agree with that. When you're walking in the law of God, you know, that that's what the so that's the whole point of the law. It's a standard for, for life. It wasn't to give justification. It wasn't a means of salvation or any of that. It's a way of life. It's to, it's, it's literally, it, it's literally just how to walk, man. That's, that's why the, the whole idea in Judaism, which they bring in their, you know, Talmudic, Pharisaical, oral traditions or whatever. They call it the halakha. This is real halakha. This is how to walk. When you approach situations in your life, you base your, you know, how you respond to them on the law. You know, if you see somebody that is in need, you don't just turn your back to them and say, well, you know, I got other stuff to do. No, you help them. That's Torah. If your neighbor has an issue with their animals, you know, the donkey in the ditch or whatever, or their ox falls in the ditch, you go help them. That's Torah. When, you know, somebody asks you because they're in need, you know, they don't have food to feed themselves for X, Y, and Z. doesn't matter. You help them. Why? It's Torah. (laughs) That's what goes back to Deuteronomy 4. It says, what nation is so wise? And have statutes and ordinances as such in a God so close to them, you know. Yeah. And walk in the light is the Torah, because it says it in Isaiah two five, where it says, "Come, 
house of Jacob. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. Yeah. Let us walk in the Torah. Yeah. And that's why even, you know, when Yeshua steps on the scene, he says, you pour over the 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 law and the prophets because you think in them you have eternal life. And they testify of me. Yep. He's the plan for the eternal life. He's the yep. plan for the salvation. It wasn't the law. <laughs> yep. This is just a standard by way by by how we should walk. That's that's what the law is. That's why I'm not. <laughs> the whole the point is to get people to see how it's good. This is a, a lawful good thing for people to be doing. Not taking this book and smacking them upside the head, saying if you ain't doing this, you're going to hell. That's not how we do but, this thing. But the difference <laughs> is. That Everybody in this chat has broken the law, so we deserve death yeah. because it's wages of sin is death. Yeah. But that's why we have to have a savior. So we can make proper atonement for us, you know. So. And then you come back. You get scattered in Deuteronomy 30. It says, when you hearken unto his voice, we have compassion upon you. And he'll turn captivity. You know, turn that around and eventually bring you into land one day. Don't you think when Yeshua showed up on the scene and he started speaking to them that that was the voice of the Most High and they didn't hearken unto it? Yep, Deuteronomy 18. Whosoever not um, receive his words, that he will speak, or receive my words that that uh, he will speak. Hold on, I'm not gonna bl I'm not gonna blister that one. That's one of my favorite ones. He said blister. Goodness. <laughs> it says, uh, and it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall be in my name. Yeah. So he and the the Pharisees asked him over and over, just tell us if you're the Christ or the, the Mashiach, the Messiah. He's like, I've already told you. I've already told you, bro. But you don't you're not hearing it. <laughs> and this he, is where he said that you're not of my sheep. That's right. He they told he told them who their who their father was. The mm -hmm. devil. Because they were doing the works of the devil. Yeah. They were bringing in the kick, catching two people caught in adultery. You only bring in one. That's why he didn't throw no stone. Because, and this is, I think, where um, if it's uh, what does Paul say that the law is used correctly or for good? I forget how he says it. I was gonna you know find that the, the, the law is good if used lawfully. That's yes. right. So, and that was the problem is they were making the law bad because of the way they were using it. We can make the law bad if we don't use it correctly. I agree. So it can be a good thing or it can be a bad thing. Um, I think our sister Courtney, she even says she's like, 
a lot of people coming to keeping God's commandments is um, can be a bad thing too, because a lot of people um, are going to get into it and they're going to misuse it. Then there's going to be a lot of people that use it correctly. So they're gonna, you're going to have those things start to happen again, where you're going to have people start using the law and correctly and start using it to put people down and not even realize that they're doing it sometimes too. And um, come off really strongly to people, and it can hurt people in the process. We have to be careful how we present the law and how we present it and how we use it. Otherwise, it can be used for corruption. Yeah. I would disagree with one aspect of that. I wouldn't call it a bad thing. I would say that the circumstance is a bad thing, but it's never a bad thing to come to the law. It's just no. we need to make sure that there are people that mm -hmm. are accurately discipling or making disciples of these individuals and training them just as we see the apostles doing in the new Testament, just as we see like, you know, Moses teaching Joshua, obviously, Hey, this is how these things are supposed to be done. Joshua is just like, okay, yeah, heck yeah. And then what happens? He becomes the predecessor. No, and <laughs> it was way better because like it was so they had more of understanding. <laughs> done and then um time fast forward you have a lot of the waters mucked up um like what paul was dealing with he's like you're doing well what happened with you you know you were doing mm -hmm. just fine and that's kind of what's going on today because once someone comes into tour observance they, they get exposed to um the other side of things like they they're gonna get exposed to the more messianic Judaism side, you know, um, which I'm not saying all of it's bad. And they're gonna get exposed to things like Tobias Singer and places like that. And if they're not rooted strong, they can get pulled away. And that's why it's it's good also to teach those that come in about these things, about how to defend themselves and to know where they stand. That's not, why if 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 <laughs> If you plan on making the the jump to push somebody to understand these things, you should be there 24-7 the whole mm -hmm. time to help them along in their walk. And if you're not prepared for that, then you might as well just sit and study to yourself. That's right. You got to be able to discipleship. You got to be willing to sit that's there. Right. So that's, like, that's why she was saying back to it's bad for some people to come to the law because they're not they're not ready to come to it yet. They don't have the right leadership and um, – and we don't have the right things. Like I'm thankful I came to it by my dad there to lead me in the right direction. So when I did stupid things, he was like, no son, that's no. He's like, that's wrong. And he would fight me on it. Like when you so, asked me if Jesus was a Pharisee. <laughs> yeah, you went in on me and see, but we need stuff like that. Cause there is those parties still out there. You know, I'm not saying it's bad for people to come to the law, but I'm saying if, if they're not brought in the right way, it can be a bad thing. So they have to be brought in the right way. And they have to be, like you said, Dustin, someone there to help them along the way when they're going into it. And that's why a lot of times I point like newcomers, I point straight to Matthew Jansen because Matthew Jansen's well-rounded, you know, and he's got a lot of good stuff. I don't agree with Matthew on everything, but I agree with him on the majority. And so I always point to Matthew and like, go check out Matthew Jansen. He's really good. Um, he He's, He's more simple. He, he's easier to understand. 
and he does really good at delivering a message. So I and he's just, I think, all around a good elder. So I always send them to them if they want to hear messages, you know, if they're trying to look and watch someone. I was going to say, if they're looking for, typically if they're looking for stuff to, like, watch or stuff like that, like, obviously I send them, like, hour length. <laughs> well, yeah, they, tell them to come check the out. Whole, let's say we got the whole podcast deal here going on here on Podbean, you know. <laughs> so I'll send no. that, but, and I will, I will make myself available at least as much as possible um, to answer questions, because sometimes it's not like, you know, there's people that come to me and ask questions and it's not like, well, I want to watch this, you know, hour long video to see what this person has to say about it. They, they just have a question. It's like, can you help explain this? To me? Yeah, sure. I can help you explain this. But if they look for more content and stuff like that, yeah, I do typically point them out to uh, Matthew Jansen. Like if you want an in-depth understanding or teaching on, on a perspective of this, then check out this video, you know, X, Y, Z. Yeah. I usually, if it's around here, I'll invite them, you know, to come to our home fellowship. And if it's like over line, like, come on over here to, you know, Remnant Crew, you know, come on our Zoom studies. And then also, I still tell them about Matthew. I'm like, it's just a good place to go. Um, that's on all our stuff they can check out with us, too. And our home fellowship. Some home fellowship about our thing, too. But most of them don't like the Internet. So they're not going to get on here like that. Well, I'm not going to like the internet either once I go spend a week with the Amish. Right. <laughs> hey, I like the internet, but I don't like the internet. I like the internet because I get the fellowship of other individuals, but I don't like the other parts of the internet. I like the internet because, yeah, fellowship, the the availability to network, and it's not even just, not even just internet, just you know the means of contact, whether it be through the phone, you know, to call people or to, you know, use different social media outputs right. to uh, network. I like the networking. Right? I agree. I still think we should all get ham radios and a bunch of repeaters. <laughs> Just so We're not no more. We're going to be on the ham radio. I mean, I've got three set up in my household, so... <laughs> <laughs> I can send you all of this stuff to get them set up. <laughs> I could see you know, like everything went down. You'd be on the ham radio live 24 seven, just reading the Bible, telling everyone you need to come to God. I would, I would do it. <laughs> That's what let, let's let's here, here, let's go back through uh, here. We'll, 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 we'll get back to that at the end of this. <laughs> Anybody got any questions or comments? No, sir. Everybody have Tobit, Tobit available? Mm-hmm. If not, speak up. Never hold your peace. If you don't have the book of Tobit, you could buy this book. The Cambridge Annotated and uh, Annotated, I think, this study of Annotated. Annotated. Okay, thank you. Dustin started reading this book a long time ago. Never finished. Ma'am, I will finish it if you want me to. I don't even remember where <laughs> I was at. 
<laughs> he called you out. <laughs> he did. Actually, hang on a second. Yeah, let me show y'all this book. Let me screen share real quick. We're actually done. You got it. What? Um. Yeah, show them that book and show them the table of content. It's a really, it's got plenty of room for notes. I haven't gotten deep into this yet because I'm still, right now I've been trying to break down Paul's letters a lot lately. It's like 15 bucks, ain't it? It's like $13. It's a really, it's it's worth every dime too. And it's got tons of cross-references back to the 66 um, and other apocryphal books. I mean, it's, Plenty of room to write notes. Yeah, and it's got lots of notes in it too already. It's just really yeah. good. A good, good solid book. I like having this for my this and my HCSB together. That's literally what's sitting on my desk right here. I got the <laughs> HCSB. Let's see how do you? Know. Yeah, this is that. they did. That was this. And then HCSB. <laughs> I think I think honestly they could have charged more for this too. I mean, I mean to tell you the truth, I think they could have easily got twenty five dollars out of this. Let's not go telling people that. Anyways, so the book of Tobit. <laughs> I was going back and I was trying to remember where I had started reading it from, and I believe I was reading it from the Catholic Bible because it was not too long after I bought the Catholic Bible, and I probably still have a bookmark. In the book of Tobit, in that Catholic Bible. But, anyways, um, so chapter 14, we're going to read the uh, from 1 to 15, which I believe is the end of the book. So, here, you get to, you get to hear the end of the book, Miss Tammy. <laughs> that was, it says, So ended Tobit's words of praise. Tobit died in peace when he was 112 years old. And he was buried with great honor in Nineveh. He was 62 years old when he lost his eyesight. And after regaining it, he lived in prosperity, giving alms and continually blessing God and acknowledging God's majesty. When he was about to die, he called his son Tobias and the seven sons of Tobias and gave this command. My son, take your children and hurry off to Media, For I believe the word of God that Nahum spoke about Nineveh that all these things will take place and overtake Assyria and Nineveh. Indeed, everything that was spoken by the prophets of Israel, whom God sent, will occur. None of all their words will fail, but all will come true at their appointed times. So it will be safer in Media than in Assyria and Babylon. For I know and believe that whatever God has said will be fulfilled and will come true. Not a single word of the prophecies will fail. All of our kindred, Inhabitants of the land of Israel will be scattered and taken as captives from the good land. And the whole land of Israel will be desolate. Even Samaria and Jerusalem will be desolate. And the temple of God in it will be burned to the ground and it will be desolate for a while. But God will again have mercy on them and God will bring them back into the land of Israel and they will rebuild the temple of God. But not like the first one until the period when the times of fulfillment shall come after this all they or they all will return from their exile and will rebuild jerusalem in splendor 
and in it the temple of God will be rebuilt, just as the prophets of Israel has, have said concerning it. Then the nations and the whole world will all be converted and worship God in truth. They will all abandon their idols, which deceitfully have led them into their error. And in righteousness they will praise the eternal God. All the Israelites who are saved in those days and are truly mindful of God will be gathered together. They will go to Jerusalem and live in safety forever in the land of Abraham, and it will be given over to them. Those who sincerely love God with, will rejoice, but those who commit sin and injustice will vanish from all the earth. So now, my children, I command you, serve God faithfully and do what is pleasing in his sight. Your children are also to be commanded to do what is right and to give alms and to be mindful of God and to bless his name at all times with sincerity and with all their strength. So now, my son, leave Nineveh. Do not remain here. On whatever day you bury your mother beside me, do not stay overnight within the confines of the city, for I see that there is much wickedness within it and that much deceit is practiced within it. While the people are without shame, see, my son, what Nadab did to Ahikar, who had reared him, was he not, while still alive, brought down into the earth? For God repaid him to his face for this shameful treatment. Ahikar came out into the light, but Nadab went into the eternal darkness, because he tried to kill Ahikar. Because he gave alms, Ahikar escaped the fatal trap that Nadab had set for him, but Nadab fell into it himself and was destroyed. So now, my children, see what almsgiving accomplishes, and what injustice does. It brings death. But now my breath fails me. When they laid on laid him on his bed, and he died, and he received an honorable funeral. funeral. Then they laid him on his bed, and he died, and he received an honorable funeral. When Tobias's mother died, he buried her beside his father. Then he and his wife and children returned to Media and settled in Ekbatana with Raguel, his father-in-law. He treated his parents-in-law with great respect in their old age <clears throat> and buried them in Ekbatana of Media. And he inherited both the property of Raguel and that of his father Tobit. He died highly respected at the age of 117 years. Before he died, he heard of the destruction of Nineveh, and he saw its prisoners being led into Media, those whom King Syaxares, Syaxares, I don't know, of Media had taken captain. Tobias praised God for all he had done to the people of Nineveh and Assyria. Before he died, he rejoiced over Nineveh, and he blessed the Lord God forever and ever. Amen. It comes uh, back to Jonas. It says um, the Codex Sinaiticus, Ahikar, other translations, or other ancient authorities read Nebuchadnezzar and Ahasuerus. So that's a thing. We should put this like what right before the time of Ezra. Um. Question. Go. Uh, did it say how old he was? I'm trying to follow along with what I've got. I don't, I don't want to see what Where is Nineveh, y'all? Nineveh is, would be the basically Nimrod's land. 
Assyria. Y'all copy that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I didn't know if I was roboting. I was um, going to see if I could find a. Uh, no, what, where does this pull up and show her? How old? Uh, now how old he was? Up. How old was uh? How old was was he? It says one hundred seventeen. Where does that say that at? Um, verse. You read, you're talking about Tobias. You read some, yeah. You read some at the very uh beginning. Oh, Tobit. Yeah. When Tobit died, he was 112 years old. When Tobias yeah. died, he was 117 years old. Yeah, I got, I got that. See, I'm reading from uh, a different apocrypha. I got that the 117. But I don't have the one twelve in the beginning. It just said he was eight. He was fifty eight years old when he lost his sight. Doesn't say anything about one twelve. So you had the you had Nineveh repent when Jonas went there, right? Yep. And then then they were scattered. You know, that's when um, Assyria came and took the ten tri the the ten tribes from Jeroboam, and they were dispersed into Assyria. And that would be this time. And he was he was keeping the feast too. Tobit was keeping the feast in a foreign land. I don't remember which chapter it is. Well, this is no plus. Trying to pull up a map for you, Miss Tammy. I'll find it for you. I'm getting it. I'm looking for it too. <laughs> I got the E sword, and E sword usually uh, pretty good about that. It says it's in northern Iraq, the Assyrian Empire. Today would be modern day northern Iraq. Thank you, brother. Mm hmm. Well, that makes sense. That that's where from Jerusalem, north, south, east, or west, y'all. That would be east, wouldn't it? Yeah. Hold on. Hold on a second. Let me yeah, see. Yeah. It just shows you that this book of Tovit, you know, I I remember uh Pastor Stephen Anderson going over Tovit and he was like, This is a joke, you know. And but it it lets you know like um you know, some of the angel the the angel that was in there. 
says um twelve fifteen says I am Raphael, one of the ser one one of the seven holy angels, which which present the prayers of the saints, and which go in and out before the glory of the Holy One. There's just a side note. There's still a, a place in Iraq called Nineveh Govern Orate. Governor Orate. Interesting. Hmm. I wouldn't say nothing in this book is a joke, by the way. Shame on that name. Mm -hmm. Y'all want to go to Mark? Yeah. Mark chapter 12, verse 28. And it says this. It says, one of the scribes approached when he heard them debating and saw that Yeshua answered them well. He asked him, which command is the most important of all? This is the most important, Yeshua answered. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, or Yahweh our Elohim, Yahweh is one. Love Yahweh, your Elohim, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other command greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher. You have correctly said that he is one, and there is no one else except him. And to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself, is far more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Yeshua saw that he answered intelligently, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And no one dared to question him any longer. Was that the same account of the the guy who had uh, many great things? The rich, no. you know. Okay, no, that was the rich young ruler. So that's the difference. Like in this guy, he's talking about love your neighbors as thyself. Um, that's what the rich young ruler wasn't doing. You know, because he had many possessions. I mean, he just wasn't, he wasn't loving his neighbor. Like, you know, himself. He was loving himself. That's possible. Yeah. If you have an opportunity to help somebody, you don't. Yeah. Do you think, you know, I mean, you're going to, you're going to give away some money. Don't you think God can't increase that by a thousandfold or a hundredfold or tenfold? I agree. You know? So Revelation 3, 14 through 22, it says, Write to the angel of the church in Laodicea, the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the originator of God's creation, says, I know your works, 
that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So, because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I am going to vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I'm rich, I have become wealthy and need nothing. And you don't know that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you may be rich, white clothes so that you may be dressed and your shameful nakedness not be exposed, and ointment to spread on your eyes so that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be committed and repent. Listen, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and have dinner with him, and he with me. The victor I will give him the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I also won the victory and sat down with my father on his throne. Anyone who has an ear should listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. What are we trying to overcome? Sin. That's correct. And he's the one that helps us. Can't do without you, sure. Amen. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's knocking. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come to him. It's not you. It doesn't say you will you will come to him. He says he will come to you. Yeah. You know. Then he sends that that comforter, that spirit to help us. And as many as I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be committed and repent. You know, I've learned that when you repent, when you have sins in your life, you know, I've even asked the father, hey, let's deal with this one first. Let me let me get this one out of my life. I can't do two. I can't do both of these or three of these or five of these at the same time. You know, and he worked with me. He helped get rid of smoking when I was still a heavy drinker. I didn't. I didn't get rid of the drinking right then, but he allowed me to quit smoking. And sometimes we get overwhelmed and we try to do all at once. But I, I, I really think it's just a lifelong um, cleansing that you go through once you come into the knowledge of the truth. We're all still being worked on. Yeah, man. Still that day of perfection. His, uh, you know, his creation isn't done yet. You know, we're not, we're not done. We haven't reached our final stage yet. No, we haven't went Super Saiyan yet. No. (laughs) (laughs) He created us in his image, but he's still working to perfect that. Yeah. I mean, what 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 he created, don't get me wrong, what he created was perfect. But we we screwed it up. Absolutely. So, so, and so, you know, 
he's so merciful that he wishes none should perish. You know, that's the attitude we need to go out in the world with. Yeah. You know, I think I just answered my own question tonight. I think you know, you I did too. Yeah.